As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, Teresa, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with you. Who knows where it's going to go? So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. I am so excited to be here. Good. It has been a while since we've seen each other and chatted. Let's just start there. I I don't, I think it's been over a year or a year and a half since we've like truly connected with each other. It has. Um, we were in a, a coaching group together and I always admired, you know, just your insight that you would always bring to the table and your drive and just how you just got things done and how you just saw everything from your CEO eyes. So I, I miss having you there and ex- I'm excited to be able to talk with you again today. Yeah, I know. I know. So Teresa and I know each other from a coaching program. That's how we met. We met inside of someone else's coaching program. You and your husband, Owen, were in there together. Mm-hmm. Um, even though my husband, Sean, has his own business too. We do a lot together. I was in there by myself. So Sean wasn't a part of that. And you guys, I remember a couple of years ago, you were kind of in like the, I don't know if you were in like the beginning of stages, but I really watched you guys like build your business and focus on the whole YouTube and video marketing game and really watched you take it from like to a whole new level. So let's start with that. You know, tell us a little bit about you, what you guys do. I've got a couple of questions about the future of YouTube because I've been hearing a lot about it lately. So I would love to hear your insight on that. And then I definitely want to dive into just like some personal stuff. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a business owner with your husband. You guys have had your own challenges over the last few years, mm-hmm. and it's probably impacted you, family dynamics, business dynamics, all the things. So we have got a lot of catching up to do. To we have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. So when we were in that coaching group, what we were working on was really developing what we have now. Um, and that was really transitioning at that time from um, <clears throat> more of like a do-it-yourself type of coursework. Uh, that a lot of entrepreneurs wanted, but what we were finding is that more people wanted more attention and they wanted more hands-on because especially in the world of video, depending on where you're at with your skill set and what you want to do, a lot of it, it, there's not a custom cut, you know, answer here, watch this and then just do it. And it works for everybody. Like there are some things that you really want to look at how your business model works. What's your personality? Like who are you, who's your audience and, and really crafting something that works for you. So we worked uh, to develop what we have now. Uh, and it's awesome. We actually have come up with a few different uh, tracks, but really essentially what we do is we help uh, entrepreneurs, mostly CEOs, um, agents, consultants, uh, coaches, those types of um, professions, uh, be able to either launch their channel on YouTube or revamp uh, an existing channel on YouTube that either they started and all they did was kind of, you know, put videos on On there there. and what they were doing on maybe Facebook groups or some other platform. They were more storing it uh, and then realizing I actually want to do something with this now or starting it, but just not really knowing how to do it right. And then realizing I'm kind of at a plateau here. I'm not seeing any growth. I think I want to get some strategy in there. So either those types or those who want to just actually launch fresh. 
And we actually walk with them uh, with the whole plan on, you know, what is your ultimate goals? Most people want to have, um, you know, influence. Um, they want to make revenue, but they also are open to even other opportunities. PR, really. I mean, YouTube is a form of PR when people actually are looking you up and they see that you have a channel and they see, you know, what you're doing on there. There's so much more opportunities for getting asked to speak at conferences and interviewed on podcasts and and featured in magazines and so forth. So most of the time, that's what uh, our clients are really looking for is greater impact and influence, um, easier revenue that comes in. And then, of course, uh, more opportunities. So we take a look at what their business model looks like, you know, what they typically are, you know, who their ideal client is. And then we help them come up with a content plan that reaches a slightly larger audience than what their customer is um, in order to really be able to reach their customer and then creating content plan that that helps them create videos that they love, that they're passionate about, that really is in their passion um, topic and, and topics and, and zone of genius, but also figuring out a way to how to craft it and angle it in a way that's really intriguing and compelling for an audience so that the audience, your audience wants to watch it. So that's there's an art form with that. And then, of course, um, bringing in uh, some elements into how do you uh, some video content on how do you bring those those viewers um, to your offers and clicking on your links and, and joining your programs or some of your other other ways of getting closer to you so that they can get into your you know your sales cycle. So we build out all for them. We help them build out their first uh, twenty videos. Um, and then we actually help them with execution. It's more of like a done with you type of a plan, uh, but we help them with the strategy along the way, make sure they have everything dialed in. They have everybody, anything they want to have outsourced, they can help actually get it all outsourced so that they can just focus on what they love. And the plan is that by the time they're done with us, they have their first 20 to 30 videos actually recorded and published and you know starting to get published and, and getting views and traction on uh, their channel. And then a system that they can actually now repeat and use and be, they feel empowered to be able to go forward and continue to grow their channel because they have all of that dialed in. They have the skill set, they have the strategy, they have the systems to be able to do it smoothly without it taking all their time. Most business owners don't have 20 hours a week to devote to a channel like, you know, some of these YouTubers that live in their mom's basement, you know, and don't have anything else to do but make a video. So we know, uh, you know, the life and the 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 needs of the business owner, and we we help them be able to do it in a sustainable way. I love that you guys do the done with you. Do you do that one-on-one or in a group setting? It's combined. Uh, we start off a lot more one-on-one as we're really working with them, um, and and what again, you know, what their content is. So it's kind of a combination. There's a few private calls um, to dial in a lot of that initial planning, uh, and then once that's done and they're ready to start executing, then we do uh, more of a very small cohort calls where everybody is there. We talk about what we're doing, what's working, what's not. Um, and then each person gets a hot seat session to really um, tease out anything that's happening, um, celebrate wins, of course, and dial yeah. things in. Yeah, I love a lot of the questions to... are in the doing. You know, like you, yes, you can get all the head knowledge, but it's like it's not until you hit publish, it's not until you hit upload to that channel, and you're actually in there that a lot of the questions come up. Well, and that's where you, as experts, can really see what's working, what's not working, what do we need to shift here. And on that note. I mean, you guys have worked with a lot of adult learners and adult students. And at this point, you know 
what's going to work and what's not in terms of how that student is engaging with you guys, engaging with the program, doing the work, actually putting the YouTube videos out there. I'd love to hear your take, you know, just from your observation over the years working with clients in this program, what characteristics does like some of your best clients, what do they embody? The people who are getting like really great results in your program, because it all works. Like the truth is like everything you're teaching works, YouTube works, like it all works. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, there's so much of this conversation happening around in our industry where we've got like the consumers are saying like, I joined this program. I didn't get results. And we have the facilitator saying, well, you didn't show up and do the work. And we just have like these two sides arguing with each other Mm -hmm. right now. It's been going on for a few years. So I'd love like your take on, you know, just identify some of those characteristics of some of your most successful students. Sure. I would say one is a willingness to just actually get in there and record uh, and not get so wrapped up in all of the perfectionism and all of the things that they feel like need to get done before they can record. There are some people that will just never get to record or they rarely do because they just get so hung up on all these things that are just not that important. Um, So a willingness to just get there and do it. Now, mind you, you don't want to just not have any strategy, not have any plan. Of course, you want to have some of that. Um, but there is a lot of mindset in actually just hitting record and knowing you're going to get better as you continue to record. It's kind of like practice at first and it's not going to get, be perfect. And and honestly, like you could talk to some of the biggest YouTubers out there that are been doing this for years. And even then they can look at their videos and go, Oh, you know, I hated that part. or I I wish I had done this different. So just going in, knowing I'm going to do this, I'm going to have fun doing it. It's not going to be perfect and I'm going to get better with time. And guess what? You can do the video again. Like a lot of people think, oh, I already did a video on that. Yeah. And if, especially if people watched it, do that same topic again and 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 again, because people are going to continue to find your channel from all different paths and different times. And sometimes people need to hear it again and again and again, but also doesn't mean that somebody's going to find that one video you did two years ago, they're going to find the one that you did more recently. So being able and willing to do it over and over again, I already mentioned having fun, but I think that is also a big thing is just let loose a bit and just have some fun with it. Be creative, um, be willing to like, not, you know, think outside the box a little bit, um, I think is really important. Um, some of our best clients are the ones that we gave some ideas to, and they were like, I don't know. And I'm like, do it, do it, just try it out. And they did. And guess what? It worked great, but it's just not how they originally thought, right? Um, They didn't let fear stop them for trying new things and new ways of angling their expertise. Those two things I think are the the, having fun and just pressing record and not wanting perfectionism, I think are the two really big factors. If I were to add a third, I would say not so desperate to get sales right now. Um, you can't just launch a channel and make one video, two videos, and all of a sudden start getting sales. Like you, you need to build an audience. You need to build trust with this new audience. It's a different platform. Yes. You might have some people from other platforms jump on this one and follow you. But most of the time, like the ones that you're really going to find there, they're going to be the best are the ones that came from that platform. And so it is new and you do, you do need to cultivate, um, some relationship and trust, uh, for those to happen. Most of the time, when we get really great stories from our clients, you know, where they got a, a you know, a great client from their channel, um, a big sale, it, it, the story is inevitably the same. The person contacted me. They said, Hey, I found your channel. 
I watched about five or six of your videos. And then I realized, you know what? I just need to call them. That's how it is. So it's, it's oftentimes like one video that did it for them, but oftentimes they, they watched three or four videos prior to that, that kind of planted the seeds. And then there was one video in particular to just get them to go, okay, I'm biting the bullet and I'm just going to call them. Yeah. You know, this is just really good advice, no matter how you're growing your business. No matter what platform you're using or what mechanism or methodology or strategy you're using, it's just, I mean, you gave three really simple pieces of advice that are going to work across the board. When you guys work with clients, do you recommend that your clients like just solely focus on YouTube? Do you have some clients where they're just like hundred percent all in on YouTube or do you recommend like, well, you also need to be on Instagram and you need to be on Mm -hmm. Facebook and you need to be on all these other platforms. And do you have clients that are YouTube and everywhere else as well. I mean, obviously you can repurpose your content, but what's your take right. on that? So we have clients from across the gamut on all of that. Um, and we, t- we typically try to look at where they're at emotionally, mentally, like how their business is doing with whatever it is that they're doing. If they're spread out all over the place <clears throat> and they're really not doing well anyway, we, we let them know, Hey, like cut down on all of this. You don't need to be on every platform. Let's do a YouTube first approach. We can repurpose some of the stuff that you're doing onto the other ones, but you don't need to be so spread thin. You're tapping your energy. You're tapping your creativity. Um, and it energetically, it's just not working for you. Um, but we do have some clients who are just, I mean, they're just hustlers and they, they love it. They thrive off on it. They've got a, you know, they're doing well on Facebook. They're doing well on Instagram. Now they want to conquer YouTube. It's like a game for them. You know, they, I did this. Now I want to move on to that. Great. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, stop doing the other things that are working. Let's expand. If you have the capacity to do it, if you have the team to support you so that you have, you are able to do it and not feel overwhelmed. Great. Do that too. So it really has a lot to do, I think, with their mindset, how much support they have, um, and how well what they're already doing is working in the first place. Cool. So I've got another question. I'm so excited to hear your take on this. I opened up an email from someone. I'm on someone's list. I opened up their email the other day, and they were talking about the future of the industry. And I was like, oh, let me see what they have to say about that, like the future of the Mm -hmm. coaching and expert entrepreneur industry. And so inside the email, there was a video to watch. So I clicked the video, I watched the video and in the email, it was talking a lot about YouTube. And so I thought, oh, they're going to talk. They're going to have this. I think the video was like 25 or 30 minutes. And I was like, cool. They're going to talk about YouTube for like 25 or 30 minutes. They ended up not, they mentioned YouTube, but the purpose of the YouTube was basically a VSL about their mastermind program. But one of the pieces of criteria for their mastermind program, which has about a hundred people in it, it's somebody that's been around for a really long time. One of the pieces of requirement is that you have to want to grow your business through YouTube. And Mm -hmm. so they, and you had to be at a certain financial level already, but I found the video so intriguing because the guy listed, like, these are the three big, like hot trends and like future of our industry. And number one was YouTube. And I haven't heard a whole lot of people saying like the future of the coaching and online expert entrepreneur industry truly is YouTube. I think sometimes, I mean, even for me, like I'm not thinking about YouTube all the time. It's been around for a long time. It's not this brand new platform. So many of us like grew our businesses on Facebook and then Instagram came along. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear like your take on is YouTube like one of these like big trends of the future and how is it going to impact the coaching and expert industry in 2023 and beyond? 
Sure. So I 100% agree with this um, this person that emailed you. And the reason why is because YouTube has been the most stable, consistently growing platform out mm. of all of them. And they have ridden, ev- they've, they've survived every trend. So, you That's, know, when- that actually right there, I'm just going to stop you. Like, yeah, that right there, I think is so clutch. Yeah. They're withstanding all the changes and the trends there. It's sustainable. And I, you know, we've been hearing so much about social media in the last, like, I'd say like two years, Facebook and Instagram, primarily they're so volatile. They They really really are. are. I mean, you're at the like Beck and you're just sort of like hanging in the balance of like whatever's going on in Instagram and Facebook land, but you never hear that about YouTube. Yes. And the lifespan of the content that you create on the other, uh, on the other platforms are very short lived. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that they have their place. There's, there's a place for short lived content for quick things you want to do right then and there. And especially in a social network, when you're looking at creating evergreen content that is continually getting views over, I mean, for years, years to come. Um, that's where YouTube really, really brings things in when we were, so we had started YouTube years ago. Right. And, um, in 2017, we had, we had started our, we had already started our YouTube channel. I think it was probably like maybe at like 25,000 subscribers. We're doing really well. Owen is one of the pioneers of the YouTube gurus that are out there. He's one of the very first. Um, and we made a very big mistake. Facebook live came out. And, you know, we like video, we like tech, we like to try the new things. Um, Owen was trying it out. He was having a ton of success with it. I mean, tens of, you remember 2017, anybody who's been in the coaching industry remembers 2017 with Facebook live came out. I mean, 20,000, 30,000 views. I mean, people were into it, comments, the whole bit, The, the dopamine hits that we were getting from, from these Facebook lives were a huge distraction. So, you know, we ended up, um, it, it, it made us some money. Don't get me wrong. It made us money during that time. We developed a program where we're helping other people launch Facebook live shows. We helped develop some of the biggest Facebook live shows of that time, recognized at, you know, uh, um, social media marketing world as like the standard for, for what Facebook live should even look like. It was a great time, but the friends that we had who were building YouTube channels alongside us at that time, who did not get distracted with the trend of Facebook Live at that time and continue to work on their channels. Their channels have X, I mean, we're at 65 now and they are at 300,000, 500,000, a million subscribers. And their businesses are just, I mean, thriving from what they're getting with YouTube as well. Um, They didn't get distracted. And so what we had really learned from that is, you know, if Facebook Live had continued to be a thing and it and it and is now, you know, still competing with YouTube, great. But it didn't. It was a trend. It was a fun trend and it died down. And now we have new trends, right? We've got the TikTok, we've got um um reels on Instagram. Now, I do think that short form content is not gonna be a short-lived trend. I do think that. We have seen people like it. Short form is is quick. Um, you know, a lot of us don't have time for super long videos. I think there's a lot of value in short form. I think it's going to be here for a, a long time. And I think that's why YouTube came in alongside and said, okay, let's bring in shorts, right? Mm-hmm. But all the more reason why YouTube, I think, is a fabulous uh, platform because uh, the long form content still does well on YouTube. You're still building 
um, an evergreen library that will continue to get views for years to come. But you can also bring in, if you're enjoying short form and it's working for you, you can bring in short form. And YouTube is actually now, because they're wanting to grow that as well, they're putting in some things now where if you create uh, short form content on a topic on your channel, and you also have a long form version of it where you really get into it at much more length, the people who view your short form content they will actually push out the long form content, the, the long form version of the, those videos to those people. So we actually had a recent client who um, he loved short form. He joined our workshop because he wanted to um, expand. To, he was already on YouTube, but he it wasn't working for him, right? So he went to our our YouTube workshop that we have, which we it's part of like all of our programs. It doesn't matter what program you're in. The workshop is foundational. Some people just do the workshop. Some people do it in you know along with all the other elements that we bring in. He just did the workshop. He learned our silo strategy that we teach, uh, which is essential to success on YouTube. He started applying it. Um, and right at that time, he probably had like maybe five or 600 subscribers within. And he'd been, I mean, he'd been at it for three years, three years of work. And he was at 500 subscribers, right? Mm-hmm. He joins the workshop within two months. He hit a thousand and he was like, we're all celebrating. Yeah, you got a thousand subscribers. You know, that's like so good. Like, you know, three years worth of effort, you know, crammed into a couple of months. He continued at it. He started applying the strategies that we were teaching for the long form content. He started applying it to his short form content because YouTube had brought in shorts. We hadn't yet started teaching to apply this to shorts, but he was a great um, case study. Now we teach this because we're like, oh my gosh, look what he did and look look what happened. He started applying the silo strategy to his shorts. They were growing, growing, growing thousands, thousands of views. And then boom, one of the videos took off and just got a ton of views. And then what it did was it started getting all of his other long form videos suggested to all the people who are watching his short form. He broke the internet. The guy grew- 300,000 subscribers in three months. What? I'm not kidding. And then he hit a million dollars in sales on his, on his uh, course. Okay. I need to get on the YouTube train, Teresa. What am I doing over on Facebook? So now, because based on what he did, we're like, okay, we are now going to start teaching the silo strategy for shorts too, because uh, this this person took what we did and then made it even modified it for shorts in, in a powerful way. So short story long. Short form, I think, is here to stay, but YouTube has it so you can get the best of both worlds. You can get, mm-hmm. you know, your long form content there that's evergreen and the short form. And what's nice is that all of it can be found on search too. All of it, the short form and the long form can be found on Google. So that's, you can't get that in the other platforms. And so this is where you can really start attracting people who are actually searching for some of the expertise that you have, because yep. you can start putting some of those terms um, in your titles, in your, your tags, in your description boxes uh, to start bringing in people um, you know who are searching already looking for you. Okay. So as I'm listening to you talk about YouTube, something else that's coming up for me, and I've paid attention to this over the years, I'm not a social media expert, which is why I want to ask you this question. So let's just take like our big social media platforms and YouTube, YouTube's not considered social media, right? Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) So you've got Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, which are like the most popular. And then, oh, by the way, we also have YouTube. So we'll Mm -hmm. just sort of lump it into the same category of like, I'm using it to grow my business. Sure. To me, as a consumer, like just as a, like I'm having a good time consuming information or entertainment on these platforms. To me, they all have a different personality. 
and they all have like very distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. So take that into consideration. Now we're business owners and we each have like our own personality. We kind of have like our own brand. We're all building like these personal brands. Doesn't make sense for us as business owners to select a platform like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and then let's just lump YouTube in it. Do we want to pick a platform that really matches our brand and our personality? And I'm asking this because like my personality, at least I don't think, like I have no desire to be on TikTok. It just, it's not really my personality. Instagram, kind of the same way. It's just not really my personality. It's why Facebook has worked so incredibly well for me because it really matches up, at least I think, with my personality. I actually Mm -hmm. think YouTube would really be in alignment with my kind of personality too. Am I just like dreaming that up? Or do you see a correlation between the business owner's personality and brand and the plat like their main platform that they're using to grow with. And when I say personality, like personality plus strengths. Mm-hmm. Do you think it Yeah, matters? I agree with you. Um, I definitely agree with you. I find um I find that certain industries tend to I, when I think of a certain industry, I'll think, oh, that that industry does well on this platform or that platform is YouTube tends to be good for really I I don't know if I can see really any industry that wouldn't do well on it as long yeah. as you can present well on camera and you know how to to visually be able to display what you're talking about. Um, so I think that's important. But yes, I mean I think TikTok is gonna have a little bit more of like a fun kind of hokey type of uh, feel to it. Um, and so if you have that in your personality or that works with your brand, I think that that can work really well. Um, Instagram, I find at least from what I see, it's very Gen Z and millennials really, really love it. So if that's your clientele, um, and I find that women really, really love it. So, uh, Gen Z millennial women, um, Mm. if, if that's your market, Instagram, I think should be part of your plan, uh, in some Mm. shape or form. I think YouTube has a lot more masculine traits to it. Um, so if you have a lot of masculine energy, uh, or you have a lot more, um, you know, masculine, um, types of clientele, I think that would work well, but honestly, I mean, there's a lot of femininity there too. I just think it's a little bit more male dominant. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's a lot of talk, like even in the YouTube community as to like, finding more of these really successful female YouTubers and bringing them to some of these conferences and sharing what they're doing. Because if you go to these conferences, a lot of the big, the biggest YouTubers are men. Um, and I'm not sure why, you know, um, as to why that works, but, um, bringing more of, cause there are tons of women that are doing well, but bringing them out into the front more and sharing what they're, you know, sharing how they're doing it. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm, I need to like, I'm going to like make a note for myself. I dabbled in YouTube at one time and then just, you know, I built my whole entire business on Facebook. So mm-hmm. when you built your business on an, a platform, like solely on one, it's kind of challenging to leave it um, yeah. or add another one on, as you well know, um, I'm going to, you're making me want to really take a look at YouTube. Yeah. Gonna- well, you know, there's a way that you can, you know, bring, especially if, and I, I've seen, I've seen a lot of what you've done and I'm not sure if you've shifted it anyway, but I think a lot of that personal, you know, uh, uh, relationship with you and your clients or your, your, um, your audience really comes into those groups. Um, and so I have a, a couple of clients who they do well on YouTube and what they do is they actually have people find them obviously on YouTube and they create content for them there. But if they want to take that next step with them to do like a, 
a challenge or, you know, some sort of other, just working a little bit more closer with them, whether it's in a paid or a free setting, whatever that is that they're doing, they invite them to their Facebook group. And what they do is anytime you're having like a launch or something like that for this Facebook group is you put on your channel banner on YouTube, like use your YouTube channel banner as like a billboard for what it is that yeah. you're doing. So you can switch it out all the time. If you're not doing anything at that time, it's just your standard banner that you use for your channel. But if you're doing a challenge that's coming up next month and you're getting people enrolled, have that as your banner. You know, you've got your face up there, join our next challenge. It's gonna be from this date to this date. You put a little arrow down on the right. I know this is a podcast. You can't see my visuals. That I'm like pointing, but you know, on the right side of your screen, there's a place for you to actually put um, hyperlinks to other websites. So you can hyperlink to your Facebook group and you invite them in that way. And so now you're bringing your YouTube audience over to Facebook. And I think there's a really powerful relationship that you can have between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I'm going to have to take a look at that. All right. Let's do a hard left turn Sure. Uh, and talk about all things personal and life. Um, you know, as when, you know, you and I are both moms, we're both wives, we're both business owners and, So much of what people are really looking for is what's going on behind the scenes. How are you managing everything that you're doing? It can't possibly look this perfect and amazing. Like you have it all together all the time. And you and I were just chatting before we press record. Um, And, you know, funny enough, I've been going through my own personal development journey as well. So I was really happy to hear what you had to say about some of the Mm -hmm. things you're excavating about your own self just personally. So you want to dive into some of that stuff? Sure. So, um, Starting with just doing all of the things, um, I have, I'm still working on it. I'm always dying letting it in, but I definitely am working on creating a, a schedule that is more focused on the life that I want to have. Um, even with like, I used to have these beliefs that were like, um, well, I need to do this. And that way one day I can do that. Right. Um, and then coming to the conclusion, like, why can't I have some of those things now? And what can I do now to build these into my life now? Um, and what, what changes can I make so that we can do that? So, um, for example, I, I had this belief for a while that I just didn't have time to exercise. Mm. You know, I'm busy. I've got mom stuff that I need to do. I've got this business. I've got a sick husband that's got cancer and we can talk about that in a little bit over here. And it was like, I just don't have time. Um, and, and then coming to recognize, okay, no, like I, I'm not going to wait till the one day when I do have time, I can still bring that in now. How, how can I do it? What, what can I give up? What can I change? Like, what is that I'm, I'm actually wasting time with that I could do? So I, you know, I've made some adjustments in my schedule. So some of the things that I have right now is, um, you know, I wake up, um, not too early. I think there's some people that wake up a lot earlier than me, but I wake up around six 30 in the morning, maybe sometimes six. And I use that time before my kids are up to wake up. Um, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I read my Bible. I do a little prayer. Um, I'm in a, I'm actually taking a course. Okay. Another limiting belief. I don't have time. I don't have time to take a course on some other thing. That's in a very different career than what I'm in now, but I've always been a health geek and, um, I had an opportunity to actually take a two-year program to get my um, certification in holistic nutrition. Um, and with where our life has been shifting with my husband having cancer and everything like that. And I just, I see, I don't know why, but I just feel it in my gut that 
my future is going to be, is going to shift more into the health and wellness space. I don't know if it'll be in addition to what I am doing now, or if it'll shift completely eventually. I don't know, but I didn't, I decided I didn't want to wait until I was there and it was in my face. And it was like, now I have to go get my certifications where it's like, I had an opportunity now, like I'm going to get my certifications now. And yeah, I have no idea if I'm not, if I'm not going to use it for another 10 years, I have no idea, but I'm going to do it now because the opportunity was here. So I, I do, I spend about 30 minutes to an hour, you know, doing my lessons with that. I get the kids up. I focus on the kids, get them up breakfast, get ready for school, drive them to school. Now they're going to a new, a new school, come back. I get ready for my day. Um, and I now start working in like two hour sessions. And I actually take a break every hour and a half to two hours. And I use that break time to maybe eat, have some supplements, go outside and gaze, do some sun gazing, uh, maybe do some stretching, some breath work, um, check in with my husband, kind of mm-hmm. make sure that we touched that day, you know, mm-hmm. like that there's like, like there, we're still here, even though like we have a business together, um, you know, you can still be passing ships, you know, in many ways oh, yeah. if you don't do that. So those types of moments, and I do all of that. And then three o'clock comes and now my laptop is closed. I go off and I pick up my kids. Uh, I spend the afternoon with them. Uh, and then we move into the evening setting and there's a lot of like sports and stuff like that, but I'm bringing in yoga. Uh, I started doing yoga again, uh, which after a few years of not doing it, I'm not doing it a ton. I'm doing it maybe two times a week. I want to do three. I have to just get that muscle to bring that in, but I might do it at nighttime or I might actually on a Thursday morning have Owen take the kids to school and I go to my yoga class. Uh, And that seems to work for us on Thursday mornings. Mm -hmm. Um, So really just a lot of doing what I, I want to do what I thought I should do in the future and bringing it in now and working my schedule around it to make that work. Yeah. It's interesting. I joined a mindset mastery class about seven weeks ago. And this person was a client of mine back in 2019, I believe. Yeah. 2019. Then she started teaching mindset inside of my programs and has ever since then. So she started doing that mid 2019. I had never taken one of her programs. And so, you know, it's not the first time I've done a a dive on my own personal development, but it's interesting. You were saying that one of the thoughts going on in your mind was, I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. That was one that I had noticed for years, especially Mm -hmm. um, starting around 2017, when I rebooted my own business, it was like, I didn't have time for my husband. I didn't have time for my kid. I didn't have time for female friends. I didn't have time for consistent exercise. And also like you, I was thinking to myself, well, I need to do X, Y, Z and make X amount of money. And when I do, then we'll be able to do those things. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we, I mean, I've done really, really well for the last six years, but when I look back on the last six years, I hadn't done any of the things that I said I wanted to do. Mm. I mean, I worked in a business and I made a bunch of money in a business, but I just think it's so important that we highlight whatever we're thinking about in our mind, you're going to create that. Like there will never be enough money to do the things. There will never be enough time to do the things if that's what we're saying to ourselves all the time. And again, like you, I was like, okay, um, I need to figure out a different schedule that's going to work so that I can get that workout in. Now I've shifted it since then, but I started getting up at 5 a.m. This was Mm -hmm. earlier this year. It was at the very beginning of the year. 5 a.m. to be at the gym for a workout by 5.30, but it was like a group fitness class. So it wasn't just like the boring gym. Yeah. Now I go at 8 30 
because I like shifted my schedule around again. I just started doing that because I like the trainer at 8 30. Mm-hmm. She pushes me more than the 5 30 a.m. and I'm a little <laughs> bit more awake and I like it. So, and I may go back to 5 30 and just completely run my morning and my day, just like you, like going outside and getting sun. Um, I do the same thing with Sean. You know, we are in this house together all day, every day. We're like never not together. But then there are some days where it's five o'clock and I'm like, what did you do today? How was your day? But we make sure every day that we have like this really, really long, like hug and embrace for probably like 20 seconds and just like hug. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, And you have to be so intentional about that. You really do. I mean, I think a lot of times we just think, well, they, they know, they know. But there's actual physical things that happen. I mean, when you're hugging, when you're hugging them, there's there's hormones and 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 chemicals that actually are released that actually calm your nervous system down. Mm-hmm. And when we feel more connected to other people, our nervous system actually gets into a place where we actually can be more creative, and we can actually be able to do better at our business. So, like, we think, oh, I don't have time for our relationships. I don't have time for my kids. I don't have time for this because I got to work. I got to do this. You're actually hurting your business in the long run because you're actually not going to be able to think as clearly or be as creative or pour into your clients as well if you are not taking care of your own needs for connection and attachment in your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I have been learning uh, recently as well in my in my journey. So I'm glad yeah. that you shared that. I, yeah, I don't think I even realized it until you said it that I'm like, yeah. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Now, if you and Owen are anything like me and Sean, I have a feeling that you are just based on what I know about the two of you. Sean and I are very different personalities, different strengths. The way we each get to a goal are like polar opposites. We might have the same goal, but the way we get there, it's like two very different ways. Yes. And I tend to be the one that's a little bit more controlling in terms of like wanting to control my environment Mm -hmm. and wanting to control what's around me. Now that's something I've really had to work on in a personal development and mindset category. I didn't even realize I was controlling, but I was. Yeah. And in the past, I don't do that. I don't do this now at all, but in the past I would get like either frustrated or slightly angry at Sean because he wasn't doing things like my way or my pace. And Mm -hmm. I've really had to learn to acknowledge and honor, like he has a certain way that he does things and we're, we're going to get there. We're both going to get there, but we might just get there in two different ways. And that can be very challenging when you are doing life together, you're doing parenting together, you're doing love together and you're doing Mm -hmm. business together. And oh, by the way, it just happens to be all under literally the same roof 24 seven. Yeah. Have you found that to be the case with you and Owen over the years? Do you operate in two different ways? Like how have you two navigated and grown so that you're like really honoring the other person and the way they go about things? We're actually in this right now. Um, and we're uncovering a couple of things that I think have been really helpful. So yes, uh, Owen is a D personality. If you know anything about the disc Yep. I'm an, I'm an S. Oh, me so too. I'm a, I'm a CS. Okay. So you get it. Like we're like complete opposites. I mean, in yeah. any way possible, it's like, we're the opposite on that. And then, you know, he, he thinks very big picture. I'm more granular. I want to talk about the strategies of the steps of getting there. He just wants to talk about the big there and, then, and that's it. Right. And that's so, so frustrating too. Cause I'm like, 
they have their big ideas and I'm like, okay, what are the 14 steps you need to take to get there? Right. And he's like, you're you're getting too small picture. Like we just need to think big picture here. And I'm like, but I can't even understand the big picture unless I get the, I need, like, I really, I actually have a hard time even grasping the big picture without understanding the steps and getting there in the first place. So, okay. So we get that. And and it's just the way our brains work, right? It's just different. It doesn't mean, and no one's wrong. We're just different. Um, And so continue to remind ourselves that. Um, we've actually been in counseling lately because, you know, cancer and cancer and business, like you, you, you get to a place where you're stretched and you realize, you know what, we have more growth to do. So we decided to get into some counseling. And one of the things that our counselor has uh, told us that has been really, really powerful is when we're on seeing things completely differently um, and you're starting to feel triggered, you're feeling like that person just doesn't get it, you know, whatever, they don't understand you, all the different stories that we tell ourselves. Um, before you even start getting into it, uh, first state, what is your ultimate goal with this? Most of the time, what we find is that our goals are the same. We both want the same things. And then once we, we, we state that first, like, Hey, listen, I want, um, let's say, you know, we're talking about this. Like I want, um, to spend, I want to have more time with you and the kids on the weekend. Maybe you guys have different beliefs on how to do that, but you get that on the table. Okay. Well, me too. And then when you start sharing your differing ideas, that person doesn't feel threatened, like that you're going to take them off on some rabbit trail that has nothing to do with what they want to do. Like they realize the goals are the same and they're more likely to actually listen to what your ideas are. That's been really helpful for us because I don't know why, but when you don't do that, our minds start to think that the other person is not on the same page as us because they have a totally different strategy. So they must not be on the same page as us. They must want completely different things because I would never think that that's going to do this. That's we're going to have all our ideas, but Oh wait, we're on the same page. We both want the same things. Okay. Let me, let me hear what you have to say. And how is your ideas going to get us to this, this goal? Um, I find that with us, it's been really good at um, being proactive in, bringing guards down and actually helping us hear each other instead of just being defensive and being quick to want that other person to hear us and really not hearing them. That's been huge. And I think that you can really apply that with anything. You can apply that to business. You can buy that, apply that to family relationships. Really anything is just establishing what it is that you, your goal is in this conversation that we're about to have. Yeah. I love that. That's such a good tip. Mm. Um, so let's end here. I could, I have like so many more questions I want to ask you, but we're like coming up on an hour Sure. because you do work with your husband. I haven't had a lot of women on, on the show that do life and business with their spouse. So if you were going to leave us with a couple of thoughts or tips on how to best, like just sort of piggyback on what you just shared, how do you navigate that? You know, if somebody else is either thinking about starting a business with their spouse or maybe they already are and it's really tough and it's crunchy right now, what would you have to share with them? Oh gosh, I've had to learn so much for the last five years. Um, I would say the big thing is oftentimes when we get into work mode. Um, you know, we, we have a different way of speaking when we're in certain modes and uh, one of the things that I had to learn is that sometimes Owen will talk to me when we're in work mode, like, like, I don't know, maybe like I'm in his employee, maybe sometimes um, he is the CEO. Okay. Yeah. So there is a part of that. Um, and he's not talking to me like I'm his wife. Right. And at first that really bothered me. Um, and, and I think maybe even now I, I still don't entirely love it. 
<laughs> Maybe not at all. But I have come to recognize that it it's not anything to take personal. He's just like in that work mode and he's like just be, and he's the deep personality. So he's just direct. This is how you need to do it. Um, and for me, I, I actually had a, a coach. I don't even know if she meant to counsel me, but she said something that really stuck with me. And I've been applying it every time he says something to me where am I, my, my wife side wants to be irritated by it. Like, don't talk to me that way. I'm your mm-hmm. wife. You know, I'm not your coworker, <laughs> you know, uh, but to, to remind myself what he said, wasn't rude. It's just a statement. <laughs> It's just a statement and to kind of remove the emotional things that I might have attached to it to just like, look, just focus on the words themselves. What do the words say? And then, okay. Uh, when I take the emotion out and just look at the words, I I'm much more able to take what he said, do it, not do it, whatever, uh, and not have all of the emotional side connected to it. So I would say taking that story to anybody who wants to work with their spouse <clears throat> is to know that there are going to be different hats. Yes. And there are going to be times that you're not going to be talking to each other like a spouse and you're going to need to be flexible in that <clears throat> and try not to take offense. I don't think that means that there's not room to discuss what good communication would look like for you guys. Um, and that might have to just take time for you to figure it out, but it's not going to be easy. Um, but you can figure it out, especially if your goals are the same. If you really, really see a beauty and a, a, an amazingness that can come with having a business together. My husband and I, the unity that we have because we have a business together is, is so worth it. You know, when I, I've only been working with my husband for five years prior to that, I would come home from work. I had all the things, you know, colleagues that I worked with. I had, I was a teacher, so I didn't have clients. I had students. Um, but I would come to the table, you know, at dinner with all of those in mind. And then he would have his colleagues and his clients and he would be talking to me about him and I'd go, okay, well, who's that again? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and remind me about that one. And I, I, it was hard to keep up with all the changing names and situations and so forth and same with him. But now we can actually come to the table and we, we know everything that the other person is talking about. We, we have inside jokes and, and it's just amazing how closer we feel um, because we're, we're, we're living this together. That's worth it to me. And that's why five years later, I'm still here and I don't plan on leaving. Um, do we have more growth to do? Definitely. But I, we're in it and we're, we're ready to keep yeah. growing. And I think that this is actually, in many ways, I think made us a better, a better, better marriage, a better, better couple. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking the same thing about Sean and I. Having a business together has actually brought us closer together as people. Mm-hmm. And as a married couple, like life and love partners, because Mm -hmm. there's so many things that come up that you're working on and you just have, you have to learn how to work together and communicate on a, in a whole different way than you do if you're just married as two people who, you know, have different businesses. So I would agree. I think Sean and I have a stronger marriage. We've been together almost 15 years or married almost 14 years together, a little over 15 years. And we're so much stronger now. I'd say way more in love even now than we were when he was a personal trainer and I was a teacher for sure. That's so neat how many similarities we have. I know, I know we got to talk more often because there's so much about me and you that are like so similar from past to present and then future. I think so. Mm -hmm. We need to make that happen. Well, I want to ask you one question about what you just said. Um, Would you say that you would be as close now 
um, in your marriage and, you know, through the, the marriage and the business, if you weren't working on yourself in that process? No, no, because Sean and I both work so much on ourselves, which again, I don't know that I would have to the degree that I have if I had stayed in education. I agree. Because it doesn't come up. Yes. It's so it's like, you know how you meet somebody and as long as you stay, like they live at their place, you live at your place, you know, and you kind of choose when you do life together. Like it it can be pretty easy. Um, It's when you get into the same house and you're in your, in your, now you're around each other when you're not in a good mood, you know, like when you're not, when you're not married or you're not living with that person, like you can kind of pick and choose. Like if you're not in a good mood, you can be like, yeah, I got to cancel today. I'm feeling a little grumpy or a little down. Like married, like you're in it. It doesn't matter what sick in a bad mood, no matter what. So you're constantly, I think we have to be in marriage where we're we're more confronted, I think with our flaws. Yeah. Um, because we have another person that those flaws are bouncing off of and affecting. Mm-hmm. And then when you're married and you work separate, there's, you still have that break. And so there's another part, but then when you, when you work together too, now it's like double marriage. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And so you, I think it really forces you to have to work on yourself. If you're not willing if you're too arrogant to want to work on yourself, to think that it's your spouse that needs to do all the changing and you don't need to do anything, it will not work out well for you. Oh, but no. if you are humble enough to say, I am willing to work on myself and, uh, and heal, you know, heal from my past stories, all the things that have led to me and my triggers and all the, you know, the issues that I bring to the table, I think that you will definitely get closer and have yeah. more unity for sure. Oh yeah. I even have said to myself, like, even if Sean didn't work on himself at all, and I only worked on myself, that would actually be totally fine. I mean, I, and I know people that, that promote that because some people, you know, they it really, we only have ourselves that we're in control of. Like, yeah. So exactly. I, I know some people who have whole programs sort of like, listen, even if your spouse doesn't even join this program and it's just you, you will see a difference in your relationship. Oh, you will. Guaranteed. You absolutely will. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to have another episode just to talk about this. Yeah, that would be good. Maybe <laughs> we can have Sean and Owen on too, and we can talk. Yeah, about we should do it from like the male the male perspective. That would be good. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. Awesome, Teresa. Well, thanks for being with us. Where's the best place for people to connect with you, follow you, and see all the things that you and you and Owen are up to? Yeah, well, you can follow us on YouTube. Uh, we've got a few different channels, but the one that we focus most on video and the topic of video marketing uh, would be uh, the Owen Video channel. Um, we now have handles on YouTube, so you can look up Owen Video One. Crazy funny story about why it's not Owen Video. That we'll save that for another time. But it's Owen Video One is the handle. Um, and then we also have uh, a, another channel to if you want to learn more about just our the health and wellness and cancer journey. It's called Beat Cancer with Me. So you can look that up. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook as Teresa Marie. Um, I think I think uh, with Instagram it's Teresa Marie Video. There's apparently millions of Teresa Marie's out there. I got to fight oh. all the other Italians and, and <laughs> Colombians out there with my name. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, all that is in the show notes. So go follow Teresa and Owen. And uh, I send out the beat cancer one to people every once in a while when I hear someone like or see a post and someone's asking about it, I'm like, go there, go there. Oh, go to this I'm so guy. glad. So glad. I'm yeah. hoping that it's helping other people. It's definitely helping us. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Well, thank you so much, Teresa, for being with us today. Thank you, Megan, for having me. Talk soon. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. 
If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.